All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite casual Hoya Georgetown basketball podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Bancroft, and we are here on another NCAA championship edition of Kente Corner, all leading up to the Hoyas NCAA tournament game on Saturday against Colorado. Today, I'm joined by former Hoya class of 2019, Greg Malinowski, and current, I must say, fan favorite. Greg, what's up, man? (laughs) How's it going, Bobby? Thanks for having me on. No, absolutely. It's great to have someone that's played under you and get get a little perspective. So I know in in normal times, you've been kind of a fixture at uh, home games. Obviously, it's not normal times, so no one's been going to games. So I just want to ask you, like, how much have you been able to watch of this season and particularly of this run? Yeah, no, I mean, like you said, when uh, I had got back from playing in Germany last year, I was at pretty much, I think, every home game, just sitting right behind the bench, which was kind of a cool experience because I've never gotten to do that before. Um, obviously being in college for five years. Um, but then going back was, it was great to see all the guys, uh, still keeping contact with them. So seeing them getting to actually practice with them was great. Um, but then, yeah, like you said, this year, it's completely 180 because of all the COVID protocols and um, nobody in the gym, they're playing at McDonough now. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, I, I caught pretty much every game I'd say um, definitely would tune in. I mean, they, had a couple late ones on the East Coast, like 9 p.m. start time. So some of those I might not have caught the end, but been uh, been following them all season. And, and, I mean, it's a great run they're on right now and excited to see where it goes. No, trust me, as someone that tries, and I guess I was successful in getting post-game pods, the post-game pods after the 9 o'clock home tip are a disaster. So yeah. I definitely I definitely feel you there. I can, I can understand that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so particularly for what they just did in New York City, I mean, from my perspective, and I know I'm obviously, you know, in it because I'm just so focused on Georgetown doing all this podcasting, but, you know, it just seemed like the Hoyas kind of were the big story in the NCAA. So from your perspective, yeah. they're the eight seed, you know, so they've got to go four and four. When did you start, start to start to think, hey, you know what? I think they could do this. Well, I mean, I I, I think I'd like to think of myself as always being like an optimist. Nice. Um, so I always, like Marquette game, I thought we could definitely win. The Villanova game, um, unfortunately, like Gillespie's hurt, but that's a great opportunity. And then you have Justin yeah. Moore, who's also kind of, he's coming off a bad, I think it was a high angle sprain. So he, he did play, but I mean, that was a great opportunity. Um, and it was one of those close games, you know, where sometimes in the past years we haven't closed out, but we found the way to win. And then when you get to the semis, anything's possible. And we played great. And then when you get to the finals, same thing. Anything's possible, and it, it went our way big time. Um, but yeah. Have you ever been a part of the game? Like, so you've played a lot of basketball from being a kid all the way up through professionally. I was referring to it as just stupid. I've never seen a 46 to 8 run. Have you ever been a part of that? And hopefully you haven't been on the other side of that. <laughs> Sadly, I can say I've been on worse. Oh um, no, I'm sorry. I'm I, sorry. I, no, no, no. It was, it was like a third, third grade game, maybe. Okay. My team, I think, uh, <laughs> we were playing. We were playing a team a year above us who was ranked, and they beat us forty-eight to zero. So uh, okay. they pressed the whole game. But that's kind of like a, a little funny story. But with who, regards to what kid is getting better after that? I've got a problem with that. No, coach. no, no. <laughs> the parents, the parents were not too pleased. They pressed the entire game, but. Like I said, that was only like third grade or something. But uh, well, it's good to see that regard- you you more than recovered from that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
but in high school, middle school, college, um, no, I've, n- I've never seen anything of the sort. I mean, truly remarkable. I mean, I've never seen it. It's it's insane. Um, and especially against a team like Creighton, who seems to always be hot, especially in uh, years past. So yeah, I mean, that was that was awesome to see. So you know, a lot's made of this team because there was so much turnover, as you know. Mm-hmm. But two of the fixtures are two of the guys that you played with for one season, but you practiced with for two. So particularly Javon and Jamarco, like how happy you are you for them? Have you been in touch with them at all? Just sending like a congratulation text or anything? Yeah, no, I talked to uh, Javon actually after the game Saturday. Um, okay. I couldn't believe he actually answered because, I mean, I, <laughs> he's like, my phone is blowing up, bro. Like, I can't, like this is insane. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't expect you to answer, but uh, I texted both of them too because, uh, um, like you said, I played with them for one year and practice with them for two, but uh, no, I, I love both of them. They're both great kids, um, great guys to be around, um, fun. I mean, practice hard, and they're finally reaping the benefits of those hard uh, working four years. I mean, a little turbulent up and down, but I finally come come around from and then one of the big differences it seems from the post-pause Hoyas to the start of the season which wasn't going as well as anybody wanted to seems to be transfer Chudier Belay. obviously he wasn't on the team when you were there but you do have something in common with him in that you guys were transfers now Patrick has told us that he was a little hurt so obviously that would affect his play in the beginning but just you know your experiences as a transfer is it kind of a little bit there's a little bit of like a feeling out period yeah, I mean, it definitely is um, definitely tough to transfer, especially I can't even imagine with the whole COVID stuff going on because yeah. I think they might have been one of the later teams or last teams to practice, like actually get started with practice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when you're a new guy in a new school in a new city with a new coach and new teammates, I mean, all that stuff is it, it's tough to grasp, especially with the, all the plays we would have um, to run and memorize and remember on the fly and just the style of play I mean going I think he's been to two other schools before this too so I mean similar to Trey Dickerson where he bounced around so much but he finally landed at Georgetown and it's the progression has been great I mean like you said he started out a little rough um I guess he was hurt like you said but yeah he's been absolutely killing it as of late and it's been awesome to see they've become such a versatile team and you kind of really can't shut one guy down you know they had four different guys lead them in yeah, scoring yeah, in each of the, which is just kind of like good luck on the scouting report, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> Patrick Ewing, you were part of his first class. You're one of the first guys to commit to Patrick Ewing. You did it as transfer. Now we all knew Patrick could coach. I don't think that was a question. He wouldn't have been in the NBA for so long as an assistant over your time. And as you mentioned, you actually were practicing a little bit with them last year, I think with Caleb and maybe some other guys. Yeah. Is there any area that you maybe have seen him grow? Because it's an adjustment. It's one thing coaching pros, another thing sort of coaching and leading a college program. Is there anything that you can look at to be like, hey, I think I think maybe like this is something that kind of changed a little bit over the time? Well, yeah. I mean, I've talked about this with some people. Um, I don't remember exactly who, but my first year, like his first year there, um, it was new for everybody. So yeah. even the guys like Jess, Jesse who had, who had been there, like it was, it was all new. And like I just said with Belay, like learn the new system, we all had to do it. So sometimes practices would go forever. It seemed like, I mean, it seemed like we were practicing for days. Um, 
but then the next year kind of got a little bit more con- like condensed and and a little bit shorter and more refined as to what we were doing and how to prepare better. Um, and then when I came back and practiced last year, there were, some of the guys are playing like 38 minutes a game, so they couldn't really practice. So it would be me and like the walk-ons doing like three on three or little like drills here and there, conditioning because other guys they they were playing 40 night 40 minutes a night. Yeah, Blair. Um, yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I think that adjustment, the realization of like these guys can't be killing their bodies in practice as well. Okay. But I think one of the biggest things maybe was just the adjustment from dealing with NBA adults to then dealing with high, or college kids. He just hasn't probably been around or he, he hadn't been around um, that age demographic solely, I guess. Um, so I guess except for his I own mean, kids, to... which, which as a parent, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm learning this that you can kind of, you know, it's, you can act one way to your no, kids, absolutely. but then the other kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then when you're on the NBA roster, you have, in a collection of age range um, yeah, and different unique people. But when you're dealing with 18 year old kids coming in as freshmen, trying to make sure they go to class. I mean, I think that's kind of almost a little bit of a, not culture shock. That's not the right, I guess, uh, way to put yeah, it, no. a little bit pa- of a shock. Yeah. Patrick's mentioned, I think this year, particularly that you're not just a coach you're you're yeah. not you know you're not a father but like you are like a part-time like while they're these kids are at your university you know and you're an educator so yep. you're all kind of things yeah i mean there's so much that goes into it um i mean i can't imagine because <laughs> like i like you and i just said dealing with all the class the the disciplining of somebody's not showing up to class and what are we doing like i mean it's not even basketball at that point that's not even x's and o's that's that's just distractions that you're having to put up with. But I mean, I think learning how that process works and, and growing from it, it's definitely takes a little bit of time to adjust. I mean, I've never done it, but uh, you can definitely see from being that first year to, I guess last year, cause I'm not going to say this year cause I wasn't in the gym. But, yeah. Uh, it's obviously, it's obviously worked out and the guys all, I mean, when I was there, everybody loved them. I loved them. I still talk to them. Um, we text call here and there. Um, but, you know, Greg, he didn't mention you. I asked the other day who reached out to him after they won the Big East tournament, and he stopped short. He said Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, and then unfortunately, <laughs> he included your messages oh, yeah. with the thousands of others. Yeah, no, I, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, no, that was. Uh, he's had uh, quite the interview train with uh, pretty much any and every um, media outlet. So they've yeah. kept him busy. So you brought up something twice now, so I it's on the bottom of my notes, but I got to bring it up to the top now. Can you, okay. would you have imagined last year if I told you, and I don't know what month it is you guys were practicing with the team. I know that, I think the Washington Post wrote about it. I think, I think Ava wrote about it, but um, yeah. so it was you and Caleb and can you tell me who else? And then when you do that, can you also tell me in that moment, the fact that you were called on to help your former college basketball team just get practices through could you've ever ma- imagined a year later they'd be cutting down the nets in new york and off to the ncaa tournament no no i could not it was yeah to answer your first question it was me caleb and trey okay um, and i guess those guys were just passing through town maybe because they were only there when i was there a couple times but then i was there pretty much shoot every day during the week for like i was pretty much there the whole month um, maybe missed a couple, but I mean, it was a good opportunity for me to stay in shape because I thought I was going to try and get another, um, 
job overseas or or something um yeah. un, unbeknownst that covid was going to hit and then uh absolutely shut everything down so i mean it was it was great for me to stay in shape um but also more so for them to be able to practice and uh, get yeah. ready for the games yeah, it's um, it's crazy. So, and then the last thing on Patrick here, just I've been asked about it a lot, but look, I'm not part of the program, so I ask you, who played? What do you think Patrick is best at? At least, you know, when you were there. I think mm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know. Like I was, I was talking about the the relatability to the, the college, um, like demographic, I guess. Okay. I think he does do a great job with that um, because I mean, his son, uh, little Pat. Um, he's, I mean, he's what, like 32 now. So he's only about 10 years older than us. Um, not even that for me, but I mean, he's still in the know. He's still around the game. Um, I think just the command, commanding the huddle, um, how he does and just his authenticity to everybody. Um, he's going to tell you how, how it is, whether you like it or not. And he's not going to hold back. And that is, uh, I'd say the most refreshing thing with all these college coaches and, and now when when I was leaving school talking to agents, I mean, it's a lot of what you want to hear as opposed to what you need to hear. And he is uh, going to give it to you straight. And uh, then also, I guess, falling back off or falling, feedback off that, just the loyalty aspect of um, of the relationships I've built there and with him and with his son and, and everybody a part of Georgetown. That's good. That's it's really interesting and nice to hear. Okay, so the NCAA tournament is going to be played, all of it, in Indianapolis. And from my opinion, Georgetown got the perfect venue, Hinkle Fieldhouse. For whatever reason, Greg, <laughs> Georgetown is just a monster at Hinkle. Six and two. Even if Georgetown's having a you know a, a mediocre season and Butler is ranked and going to the tournament, Georgetown <laughs> shows up there and just gets Ws. You know this yep. more than yep. anyone. Your best game as a Hoya points-wise, obviously you, you're a very all-around player, so I don't want to just go by the box score. But, I mean, like, you were just unconscious there. You were 26 points, 10 for 12 from the field, 6 for 7 from deep. And, you know, by the way, it wasn't just that. You had 7 rebounds, 4 assists. So what's going on in Hinkle? Yeah, no, it's it's insane. I mean, that's basically home court advantage right there. I know, I know. <laughs> so... Yeah, no, I mean, that like you said, that was my best game. That was the most fun, or one of the most fun games to play in in college. Um, but yeah, just the comfort, comfortability factor, I think, going in will definitely, hopefully, give us a little bit of an edge. Um, me and my brother are actually going out to the game, so it'll be the first time I'm back in the building since that oh, game. Oh, you're making it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're making the trip. Awesome. Um, I was thinking about maybe just suiting up full uniform in the stands in case uh, – I mean, <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the worst idea you've had. <laughs> yeah, I was joking with Jagan because he's also going out with his dad. I was like, you know, you want to you want to just go in full uniform? He was cracking up. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't, I don't think we're going to do that. But uh, right, right, right. Yeah, no, it, it should be hopefully a great game. I mean, I don't know too much about Colorado. Me neither. I know they got a great the great guard apparently since all that Jamarco drama. Uh, look, that, let let me just tell that, you, I was on that call. <laughs> All right. Like he was asked about about McKinley, right? And you know how like if you were if you were trying to to disrespect someone, you would basically do it in a way of like, oh, do you know Greg Malinowski? And I do. I'd be like, I don't know who that is. Like, I'm just totally like, you know, screwing Mm -hmm. with you. But like he didn't know. Yeah. But then like a second later, 
it was the point guard. He was like, oh, that's all we've done in practice is work on him, you know? And then he was speaking yeah. well of him. And then Patrick came on and he was like, yeah, we got to find a way to get, and you know, so the guy from, it was this, it's this columnist from the Denver post that is just I trying saw, to become yeah. part of the story, man. Yeah. It's just, it's just, I mean, I saw the Jesse Washington, I think that's his name. The guy yeah. uh, who yeah. helped write the, the, the book for big coach. And um, he's like, just just the classic example of just twisting a young man's words. Mm-hmm. for absolutely no reason it, i mean i mean yeah I, I saw the interview from jamarco like where he then um was very like complimentary uh, compliment, yeah complimentary of the player and i mean i don't know him because i'm not playing against him and i haven't been playing this year i haven't been keeping up as much with college basketball as in years past but, even so man I mean, like the, there's no yeah, way you're they keeping were going, track of every pac-12 team yeah and they were going through that exact player in practice, it was just, it's just on, on, uh, needed drama. But hey, I mean, I can assure you, Jamarco probably just doesn't care at all. He's just <laughs> focused on the game. Yes, so, I feel that way again. That's um, all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you want to give a prediction or not. And if you don't, that's fine. But I'd ask you this, and you can give a prediction, but I ask you this if there's one area where Georgetown does well, you know, that would bode very well for a win you know so give a prediction if you like if you don't want to be put on the spot that's fine no no i think uh with anything um if you're shooting well or not especially if you're not i think when uh, you get riled up on the defensive end and really play aggressively um that'll definitely help turn any ball game so i mean if we're not shooting well and we're getting defensive stops and that'll help lead a transition easy buckets leads to um confidence and then the confidence to make shots i mean i think whether or not things are going well or not as well as we'd hope for um mm-hmm. i think starting with a defensive end and rebounding and really strapping up and locking in um and that's that's the thing like that's what we've turned around and started doing a lot better so i don't think right. it'll be foreign to any of them especially with a guy like dante harrison in uh chadier belay um at the helm of that, and Jamarco playing. I mean, shoot, and Q and Tim. And that, exactly. and yeah, and, there's like a lot of guys now, there, right? They went from being like yeah. Pickett and Blair to a whole team. Yeah, yeah, and then you guys, or we got the guys coming off the bench, and um, I mean, it's just full defensive effort, and then we're gonna make shots. So I got the recipe for it. I mean, just execution at this point. So okay. it's be exciting to see, though. Um, you mentioned you're going. Is this gonna be a road trip? Are you flying? What's the uh... Uh, flying. Yeah. Okay. Flying. Yeah. I looked, I looked at how far it was to drive to Indianapolis in case there was a way that Kente corner, I could make it there. It's not going to work out for this round, but, um, I was, yeah, it was so when, when George for... Mason, when George Mason went to the final four, when you were a kid, a bunch of my oh, friends drove out there, which is crazy. Was it in, in Indy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had uh, gone to George Mason's camp with my cousin growing up, okay. and uh, Lamar Butler was my coach. Nice. The year before or whatever, and then Father and Campbell like was like the next year, so it was yeah. kind of crazy to see all that. And then actually, they were playing in Kenner League, and yeah. uh, and then Tony Skin, he actually was a coach with my AU team, I think, when I was wrapping up high school, and then he's now with Seton Hall. And it was funny. I was like, yeah, back back when I was like eight years old, I played you one-on-one. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? 
there's you know George Mason made a coaching change yesterday, and there's a lot of Mason fans really that would yeah they let Dave Paulson. Wow. It's kind of a situation where, and I like Dave. I cover a lot of Mason games. It's mm-hmm. unfortunately when a coach gets into the final year of his contract, you can't really let him coach that way. So you either have to part ways or you have to extend him. Because if I'm Got recruiting it. you, I'm like it's like, and then someone comes in, hey Greg, uh, Bobby's gonna get laid off like in April or May. Like, do you want to be part of a program or, you know what I mean? So it kind of leaves yeah, you in a bad yeah, yeah. spot. Yeah. But anyway, I was going to say Tony skin is someone that a lot of Mason fans are like, you know what? Let's go with skin, man. Like he's been at Seton hall. I think he was somewhere else and they're looking to go that way, which, you know, you look down the street at Georgetown I, yeah. and it's like former players. I'm not trying to say that Tony skin is on the level of Patrick Ewing, but you know what I mean? Just an alum that, I mean, had, you know, he, uh, he broke James Harden's ankles. So, I mean, it counts for something. <laughs> It does. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> let's just wrap up this pod, but let's give the people what they want to know. What's going on with Greg Malinowski? Um, <laughs> first of all, actually, I want to start with your with Georgetown first, though. But um, okay. so you don't see a lot of guys do what you did in transfer after three. So you you know you sit one to play one. Did you think there was a shot at playing immediately, or were you just like, I want to be a part of this? No, I did not. I did not think there was going to be a okay. shot. Um, I, I was convinced from the outside there was, but it's good to know. No, no. I was always uh, assuming. I mean, I guess probably there was some hint of chance, like, in the back of my mind, or we probably inquired about it. I mean, I know we I know we did. Um, yeah, yeah. But there was never really like a, like, oh, we're going to get it, we're going to get it um, type feel. Kind of okay. like last year with COVID where everybody was granted relief. And that's actually a good point. Was was it hard to yeah. watch that and be like, hey, you know what? I had to sit there. I mean, yes and no. I mean, <laughs> it would have been great to play, but also I think that first year was a little little tough. And with a new coach and so many people on the roster that could play and just figuring things out. I mean, yeah. it was great to get the year under my belt. Um, yeah. And I love Georgetown. So I, I was very grateful to live there for two years. And that makes sense. Be on campus and get to know people. So I thought it was only a, a positive thing. It's how it went, so I can't change it. So I'm not gonna harp on it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I just, I'm just curious. Yeah, no, no, no not like, not like. I'm not gonna, um, you know what I mean? I think or I'm yeah. not gonna get upset. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just how it went for me. So I, I think it was good. I mean, I really liked it. And that second year, we we, we played well. We were the tie for third with yeah. I think five other teams. So I mean, it was a good season. It was. Um, could have been, could have been better. Definitely could have been better, but it was positive. I, I mean, I loved the experience, and uh, senior year was a it was a good one. It was a good time. No, for for sure. And then, so getting back to that that first year where you you practice and you don't play, was that difficult? I mean, obviously, for the first time in your life, you mentioned your eight, you know your your basketball game from third grade. It'd probably been the first time in your life, even though you were playing basketball, that you weren't you know getting that game that everyone just everything goes in towards that. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah, well, like the assistant coaches, like, uh, well, all of them really. Um, but I just remember Kirby, Coach Kirby, always being like, "This is your game. Like, this yeah. practice is your game. You, you got, you got to play like it's your game." And that's kind of how I would take the. I mean, it's a weird mindset to have. Like, practice is my game, but like I'd usually be like the other team's shooter or scorer or whatnot in practice on like scout team. So that that would be like fun aspect that I could just go and shoot whatever because that's what the. Miles Powell's would do, or the. I was just going to ask you: Do you remember who you were? Were you like Marcus Howard, Miles Powell? Yeah, like Javon would be like more like the Marcus Howard. Just uh, I mean, if he was a lefty, it would have been like Javon. But then, okay, 
if somebody was hot one practice, it would, uh, like, if I was hot, it would be me. <laughs> Javon okay. was hot, it would be him. Okay. Um, but we'd also take turns. I mean, we had so many players, so we could sub out and get uh, different guys' reps. But, uh, you yeah, know, that, I mean, that was fun. That's kind of like what I did a little bit last year, too, kind of mentioned earlier on. But, yeah, it was definitely a unique way to look at going into practice. And then, obviously, suiting up, literally, in the suit for the games um, yeah. was a, a little different. Because yeah. I never missed a game in college, so I never was hurt on the bench. Um, I played in every game, so that was the only time I was in a suit. Would you career. have preferred it to be this season where the guys aren't wearing suits anymore? <laughs> uh, I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind it at all. I guess it is a lot more comfortable, though, with what they got going on now. But, hey, it uh, – <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was working a Wizards game a couple weeks ago, and that was one of the, it wasn't me, but it was an interesting answer. Someone asked uh, Tyrone Liu what he thought about it, and he was like, you know, I go back and forth, but it's way better to pack for road trips without having to pack, you know, like five suits, oh, and yeah. like the shoes oh, yeah. and the belts and everything. It's like, this is, this is great. So, yeah. So, like we talked about, you were, you've been a fixture at the games. I must say, it's been easy to spot you as you kind of been sported. Like, I feel like you were in a cat. I feel like, I don't know if it was like one game, but you got pictures that I think they made it on the wire. I think, well, cause I think you were just behind the bench, but you were in your caps mm-hmm. gear and you kind of a little bit of like a, a little bit of like a slim shady look. Blonde hair. Yeah. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got that, got that done in Germany right before, uh, I think it was on like December 23rd or okay. 22nd. And we had a game the 23rd. I came home for Christmas. I told my family, like, don't watch the game. They're like, huh? And they're like, what? Like, what happened? Like, they thought I was coming home for good. And uh, then I, I showed up at the airport and took off my hood and hat, and they freaked. <laughs> it was uh, it was the funniest thing. More but, of a uh, mom yeah. or dad? Oh, no, my dad didn't. He didn't really react as much. But uh, okay. my mom, my mom kind of yelled my brothers and brother and sisters were laughing and my girlfriend was just like appalled at first <laughs> and grandparents were there too. <laughs> no, it was funny. I actually spoke to you after the NIT game. I think I asked you, I said, you know, Greg, are you going to keep playing basketball? And obviously it's your last college game. And you kind of gave the standard answer that it, it, I'm, I'm actually going to be honest. It sucks to ask that question after a loss. Cause I yeah. admit it. played sports my whole life, not at Georgetown basketball level, but you know, I did. And so I totally get it. So you, you did play in Germany. What's going on with you on the court? Well, like I said, I, like I was practicing with the team and then with the hope of getting another contract. Um, yeah. With COVID, I mean, everything was shut down. So the hope was maybe like a little bit later and like kind of a p- more pushback season. And then nothing really came. So I, I just kept working out, kept working out. Still I am. Like was hoping for the G League, but I mean – the the whole G League was cut in half. Like, I talked to Ewing. He had reached out to some people on my behalf. I mean, with only 15, 16 teams, yeah. a lot of guys in it were, like, some of the top overseas guys, former G League guys, and I never played in the G League, so I didn't really have that, um, I guess, rapport or history with those coaches in that league. So that was – that obviously didn't work out. But, I mean, I'd love to keep playing. I would. Staying in America next year would be great if I could get in the G league and I'll probably reach back out to Ewing once. I mean, hopefully we're all able to move past COVID with the vaccines rolling out and everything Yeah. by summertime. But uh, hopefully that means that G league and 
if that doesn't work out, overseas stuff's more opened up because a lot of a lot of places are still locked down and like with restrictions. So I mean, it just makes it even tough for overseas leagues. And then I mean, teams have lost sponsorship money, so they can't sign as many Americans or pay them as much. But a lot of guys have just been home, not playing, but uh, just waiting. Which makes it tough. But uh, yeah. So I guess. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, you know, I actually don't like the term unprecedented times because we've just heard it a million different ways. But, it, you know, it is. Unfortunately, like that is what we're dealing with. I have to admit, I don't know if it's on Twitter, or Instagram. I've seen you work out or I've seen videos posted. And I don't, I don't know where this court is. I'm assuming it's not at Georgetown. Oh, but yeah, it looks, yeah. like, looks like you've got like a Georgetown court somewhere. Yeah. So uh, actually, one of the games I came back, I did like the halftime or no, not a halftime during one of the timeouts when they had the uh, layup, free throw, three-pointer half court, and I did that. But okay. right before going on the court, there was a, a guy and his son who the, the dad had um, been to Georgetown. Or not been, to, he, he graduated from Georgetown. Okay. And he, his son was in high school. And come to find out later on, they had another son that was at Georgetown. Currently, he's a sophomore now. Okay. And uh, so I, I met them at that point in time at the game. But then one of the trainers I work out with, uh, Paul Easton, um, he's with drills and skills on Instagram and Twitter and all that and TikTok and so he he does training in the DMV area. He worked out with them at their house and that's just kind of like a little side garage they converted into a, a little half court and so I I got to meet them go over there. Even Chung is the guy who is a uh, is at uh, Georgetown now and gotten to become close with them and we'll go over there and work out. Uh, Paul will come up and work us out, or I'll go over there, and we'll nice. just uh, do some drills and stuff. But yeah, the, the court's sick. It's really yeah. Dope. No, I mean, like I said, it's definitely caught my eye. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but I'm like, man, that is for real. Like the Malinowski yeah. roll like that. Like I was, is that I was like, is, no, this, no. Is, this, is this his backyard? I'm like, wow. Shoot, if that was my backyard, I'd be in there every day. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's they live um kind of in Oakton, so I'd say probably halfway in between here. Where I'm, where my family's from, and uh, Georgetown. Okay, so and just then, Northern Virginia. And then, so that's what you're doing, doing on the court, trying to get back on, which we're all rooting for. Yeah. What kind of stuff are you doing off the court that you'd like to let everyone know about? Anything interesting? Anything noteworthy besides hair um, style changes? Yeah, no. I mean, right now my hair is uh, the longest it's ever been. But same, I haven't got a cut in a year. Same, same, <laughs> in the same boat. Yeah. But yeah, no. I mean. When I would do all the traveling and stuff, I, I've gotten into like the photography, videography stuff. I, I do that in uh, free okay. time, I guess. So then like some, some freelance projects through like Upwork. Um, and then I got into like e-commerce stuff with uh, a guy I met over in Germany. Actually never met him in person, um, which is kind of funny. But yeah. we, uh, we've done some stuff with that. He's out of Berlin and then I think his family's from Rome or his family's from Rome. So that talk about lockdown being a little bit more serious over there than here, but right doing some stuff with him and that and uh and e-commerce marketing type stuff. Cause my, my degree was in marketing. So I always had an interest in that. My mom had done that, but then I've kind of just taken and learned some stuff through like YouTube online and then talking with other guys, different in Germany, then working with another guy out in California with a couple projects. So trying to keep busy, trying to make some money here and there while I'm not playing, but uh, yeah, it's been good. That's cool. So I have to notice, I always get excited when guys from the Northern region end up at Georgetown. One of my classmates did, 
from like Braddock back in the day, back when you were just a young guy, Ramel Ross. But so when I look at Chantilly, I try and think, so you, you didn't go to Chantilly, but my question to you, and mm-hmm. I've always wondered, yeah. and now I've got you on, on, where would you have gone? So I went to, uh, it's called Freedom High School. So I literally lived right, or where I grew up was right on the border of Fairfax and Loudoun. Oh, so um, like right there off of like 50 off like. Yep. Yep. Right down 50. Okay. So I went to Freedom High School my first year of high school. Then I went out to Middlebury Academy, which is the old Notre Dame. Yeah. For two years out of Middlebury, Virginia, so farm country. And then a full 180 to Episcopal High School out in Alexandria, which was boarding school. So right across the river from D.C. Yeah. For my last two years. And then, yeah, so I, I would not have gone to Chantilly because I was not in Fairfax. But Westfield is actually closer to. And that uh, was, I was hoping you were going to say yeah. because one of my high school coaches, like Braddock is out there. It's been the head coach there for a, while, for a long time now, Doug Ewell. It seems like it hadn't been that long, but it has been. That's how old I am. At at where? Westfield? At Westfield. Okay. Yeah. Coach. The name sounds a little familiar. I'm not, I don't know if I've come across, but it does sound slightly familiar. Yeah. So basically right around when I graduated high school, Westfield opened. And then a okay. bunch of the Lake Braddock guys, like my football coach became the AD and a lot of the coaches. So coach Yule had been a, He'd actually been a football coach, but he ended up basketball. And then he wasn't the first basketball coach they had there, but he is there now, and he's won a state title. And so, okay. so I was, I was yeah. gonna wonder, and I was, I was, I was gonna text Doug and be like, "How'd you let this guy get out?" <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't have, or couldn't have, I guess. But uh, I actually had some cousins that went to Lake Braddock, so nice, familiar, but yeah, nice, nice, nice. Well, Greg, this has been a really good podcast. I'm glad that you finally looked at Twitter again. Why don't you tell everyone like where they can find your photography and just sort of catch up with you? Yeah, so Instagram and Twitter is uh, G Mouski, um, G M O W S K I. <laughs> Hadn't been using Twitter up until about a month ago, so I, uh, I'm back, I guess, retweeting, liking stuff, and reading stuff much more than I was uh, six months ago. But uh, yep, those I guess are the best uh, places to find me. And, well, we and, hope uh, pleasure. We hope to see you in the crowd. I know when Georgetown played out there, they did have some fans. And I remember I was watching another Butler game and I was just like, God, there seems like there's like a full house there. Are you going to be, so we're assuming you're probably not going to wear your uniform. Is there a way that we're going to find you? You're going to be in that, in that uh, Caps jersey? Oh yeah. Something bright. I won't, I won't have that. I mean, the thing is like, I, I, I'm getting the tickets from coach. So normally they'd be like right behind a bench or at least when that was a home game. But with the cold COVID and NCAA March Madness like protocols, I don't know where like how close they're gonna have to fans sitting to the bench. Is it like sixteen rows, twenty rows? Like who knows? So yeah. you might not even see any fans in the frame, um, which will be interesting to see. But uh, yeah, so the game I watched at Butler, it was kind of like you're right. If you're watching just the normal basketball, you'd be like, "There's no one there." But then when they would do shots coming in and out of commercials, they'd show yeah, like, a wider yeah. range. You'd be like, "Whoa, there's a lot of people there." Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we'll we'll see. I'll probably tweet out a picture. But yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. A couple of the, the managers that were there when I was there, some of my best friends from Georgetown are coming as well. So uh, it'll be good to see them. Now, how long would you stay? So our flight is out, comes back uh, Tuesday morning. So we're okay. going to be there for, for both both games. Okay. And then possibly a second road trip. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, my... 
my girlfriend was like, yeah, I'll come next weekend. <laughs> That's she's, uh, out of town hey, this weekend. <laughs> hey, we, we like her optimism. That's a great attitude to have. <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah, know what? Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully the Hoyas keep winning, but whenever this run ends, it'll be great to have you back and to find out how the road trip to Georgetown's first NCAA tournament game in six years went for you, for Jagan, on and off the court. Yeah, I mean, it was always a dream to play in the tournament. Sure. Um, growing up, we would have the four TVs in the family room for as long as I could remember. We'd find them, find a way to have it set up like that somehow, but uh, never got to play. Jagan never got to play, so I think being able to go out and experience it, especially because there's guys we still know. Exactly. I was going to say, like, I think it's nicer that you can be like, you're the kind of guy that Javon Blair will actually pick up his phone. I mean, we're talking all Big East tournament yeah. Javon Blair. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's a big deal, Greg. He answered your call. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he better, he better. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool, man. Yeah. So enjoy your trip. Thanks for coming on Kente corner. And we will have you back to figure out how that road trip was. Everyone, I want to thank Absolutely. you for listening to the latest NCAA edition of Kente Corner. You can find us where you get all your podcasts. I know most of you are listening through Apple and Spotify. Subscribe and listen today. Leave me a message. Let me know what I'm doing wrong or right. And Greg, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.